entertainment capital of the world. Bring your lunch. It's the T.C. Martin Show. With a flex of the muscles. Diagnosis. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Prognosis. So he does a lot of things out on the floor, including dunk. Osmosis. Wow, he can really bounce off the floor. It's the doctor. <laughs> Hour number two on this Wednesday. Glad to have you with us. Yes, yes, yes. Appreciate Tim Brando for joining us. Talk a little college football playoff rankings, and he's so right. It's not a playoff. It's not a playoff. We got rankings, but what are these rankings? A little absurd, aren't they? But I know everybody says, well, over time, over weeks, it'll all work itself out. Will it? When you're only leaving it to four... We'll have to wait and see, but uh, love Tim Brando's thoughts. That interview will be up uh, part of the podcast a little bit later on at tcmartinshow.com. Check all of our stuff there. Currently up there right now, you can hear our interview with Kevin Kruger as he gets ready to take the floor tonight. UNLV in action. The running Rebels taking on Gardner-Webb tonight. It is a season opener, 7 o'clock at the Thomas & Mack Center. Remember, uh, you must be vaccinated to attend a UNLV basketball game tonight in Kudos for UNLV, uh, going by way what the Raiders have been doing as well, too. So um, it's very easy to do. Uh, they've sent that all out to uh, ticket holders. It's uh, real easy to do. Uh, it took me less than two minutes to get it all signed up. And it's uh, real easy. And uh, you have an app, show your your ID on on your phone, and you're all you're all good to go for the season for uh, UNLV running Rebel Basketball. And yes, uh, excited for this UNLV season, probably more so than we have been in, in quite some time, at least I am, because like I said yesterday, having Kevin Kruger as the head coach of the program, you have one of your own. If you're a UNLV supporter, a booster, or a fan, Kevin played here, played under you know his dad, uh, a team that went to the NCAA tournament, so... Got to be excited for him getting his first head coaching job. He's been an assistant here the past couple seasons under T.J. Otzelberger, and he's ready. He's more than ready because he spent plenty of time under his dad at Oklahoma as well, too. Uh, it's going to be a different-looking roster. Uh, I think over time it's going to be an athletic-looking roster. He's got some Big 12 players, some Big 12 bodies. He's got a transfer from Oklahoma, a transfer from Texas. And, of course, you've got... You know, Bryce Hamilton coming back, Marvin Coleman coming back. So I think it's going to be an interesting year. It's going to be a fun year for UNLV running Rebel basketball. We know a lot of fans have been down on the program for the last uh, few seasons. So hopefully they'll take this year, especially now with fans being able to come back to the Thomas and Mack Center, where last year you couldn't for the most part. So looking forward to it. So tonight they play at 7 o'clock against uh, Gardner-Webb, who isn't that bad of an opponent. They're from the Big South Conference, picked to finish third. And then... The schedule gets uh, tougher. Cal comes into town on Saturday. And, uh, you know, UNLV has some other good non-conference uh, games coming up here as well. And then they'll get in a Mountain West Conference play here at the beginning of January. So looking forward to it. And it all starts tonight. College basketball back at the Thomas & Mack with the UNLV running Rebels. All right, join us now. Guy knows a thing or two about uh, college uh, hoop as well as the NBA, of course, because he's a five-time champion, of course. And uh, great to have him uh, back on with us as we 
turn the page now, get into a lot of hoop season. And uh, he is our guy. He is our regular. He is the man in the middle and who is uh, celebrating a USF Don's victory last night. Big Bill Cartwright. What's up, homie? Uh, I'm just curious about what you said about uh, UNLV because we do play them this year. Yes. We do play them helping them pretty good. So why exactly, uh, because you, you, you are a coach, uh, uh, as we know, besides their, besides their coach, why are they going to be better, you know, the player-wise? Because they gotta, don't they have to be better player-wise as well? Yeah, they do. And you see, that's the thing. Well, you kept, arguably, well, you kept your best player. And as we know with the transfer portal right now, it's, it's open season. I mean, you can't even recognize any of these rosters because it, it's open season. Everyone's going everywhere. So, it, you know, Bryce Hamilton had a chance to potentially go. He wanted to test the waters of the NBA. He came back, so that's a good sign. And then you've got a very good guard. You know, Marvin Coleman could play the point. So you've got two guys to start with, and then he brought in some transfers, which, honestly, Bill, we have no idea, you know, what this team is going to look like. I'm just saying from the perspective of, and you can relate to this, you know, when you have a you – know, you've gone through a myriad of coaches – and you know different types of philosophies, different types of recruiting philosophies, different types of players. You know the fan base here has been highly upset. They've been very, very anxious to kind of get back to running Rebel basketball. And I think kind of like when they had Dave Rice, you get excited about that, knowing that your head coach has got a connection not only to the past, but he's got a connection to the community and players in the community and has recruited at a high level for upper echelon programs before. I, it's just kind of a breath of fresh air. So I think that's where I'm coming from. We have no idea what this team is going to look like, if they're going to be good, but it's better than what we've seen on the floor from UNLV from a personnel standpoint and a coaching standpoint probably in the last five or six years. What is, you know, what do you think about that? Because this is really interesting. and People have gone both ways. What do you think about the portal? Because I tell you, uh, our team, who was uh, pretty small up front, we now have four guys um, who are now six ten to seven two. Four guys out of that portal. So what do you what do you think that is that is that a good thing? Is that something that should be limited, or what is that? What do you think? Man, I think there's pros and cons to to both of it here because it it can be a definitely can be a coach's nightmare. And it could be a coach's joy because now you have the, this big pool with a lot of talent, probably more talent than ever before, to choose from. But then again, you really got to protect your own players because it's so easy for that player who kind of feels like, well, I'm left out. You know, I'm, I'm maybe I'm a sixth or seventh man here, but I know I'm capable of starting somewhere else. And that's why you're going to have more and more turnover. So I think from a fan's perspective, it's, it's kind of – ugly or kind of heartbreaking because you know you're not getting a chance to connect with these players and get to know these players for more than than one or two seasons max but as we know college basketball has kind of been a mess for quite some time you know with the one and done philosophy and you know some universities don't get hit by that you know kind of like your mid-majors don't but you know your upper echelons like the kentuckys the dukes the the michigans the ohio states i mean they're used to having this turnover year in and year out but it's hard to build a program that way. So, you know, I, I'm probably not answering your question properly because I think there's good and there's bad. Uh, and I, I still think the NCA isn't even sure what to make of it. 
and there has to be a trial and error. I mean, so let me throw it back to you. What are your thoughts as a former player, former coach, and someone who's connected to the university as closely as you are to your program? Illusion? No, I'm I'm here. I threw it right back at you. Did you hear me? There you go. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, I like it. I like. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of kids. I've, I've talked to uh, many players about uh, kids going to a situation, whether it's either school wise or play wise or teammate wise or coach wise. They are not having a great experience at the university. And now, here it is. You have a portal, an opportunity to leave, go somewhere else, have a new start, fresh start, so you can enjoy those you know, years, college years, and, and have an opportunity to be a benefit. I, I, I think it's, it's the absolute right thing to do. And I know some people would say, well, well you've got to honor your commitment. And you've got to stick it out. You've got to tough it out. And for me, it's like, why? Why do I have to tough it out? Why do I have to sacrifice a year um, when I can go somewhere? I can be happy. I can go somewhere where, where they want me. They think I can still play. They think uh, uh, I can be a benefit to the team. It, it's a positive situation. And 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 go to wise. I think it allows you to to be creative and and look. Sometimes as a coach, you make a mistake. You know, and let's just say it. You make a mistake. This kid doesn't fit. This kid's not whatever. Uh, maybe you would say you're a cup of tea. <laughs> For some whatever reason, it just does not work. And I I think it's a great opportunity for guys to come in and and enjoy their lives in their college years, which for a lot of us it was the best time of our lives. So um, I think it's uh, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And the thing about it is, for a new coach taking over a new program. It is it is a kind of a breath of fresh air because, say, for example, you come in with your own philosophies, your own system, and you say, hey, I don't like the talent that's here right now. So you can now that you're pushing kids out the door, but what you can do is say, now let me go get these guys that fit my system, and I can build this program maybe faster my way instead of having to have you know eight, nine, ten kids from the leftover coach, and you're going, what was that guy thinking when he was recruiting these kids? kids and you know that that is that uh, mentality is out there and and that and that's real and i know when i was talking to kevin kruger the other day I, was, I asked him that question exactly and he goes i mean yeah we had to bring in you know nine new kids 10 new kids i mean it was a lot of work but it was pretty exciting as well too to kind of to to be able to kind of you know handpick the guys that you want for your system as well but i'll say this too you're talking about a kid saying, okay, I don't fit in here or I'm not getting enough PT. I'm going to go somewhere else. It is so competitive out there now with this transfer portal that just because you choose to go to another program doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get more minutes or you are going to be happy because everybody's doing it. I mean, it, it is ultra competitive now. I'd say more so now than ever. And let's throw in the the factor too, where you're getting the high school kids, you're getting the JC kids that that are coming from a different direction too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to change recruiting totally. So that now, I think that those kids, those, and with the exception of the really high flying kids, the maybe one and done kids, those kids now are, are going to really be scrambling because now you think about it, you can get 
guy in your program who's maybe a sophomore uh, or a junior, so you've got to get him for at least two years, and they already have playing experience, right? So your tendency may be to, instead of take uh, four freshmen, now you take, you take maybe one. You take one freshman and, and try to work with him. So then now in a couple of years, he's, he's a value. But if there's, if there's players already out there and they're uh, interested in your program and they think it's a better fit, uh, this, this has just changed uh, uh, college basketball. So it's, it's going to be a lot harder, I think, for kids to, to find schools because, look, there was more um, people in that portal than there were schools to go to. So I, I think that number is just going to grow. I think it's going to be uh, some some programs now, that portal, they have a coach dedicated to watching the portal all year to see who's going to be available so they can start forming their team. So this portal is huge. It changes the game totally. And um, I think it's going to make for some great basketball uh, I think it's gonna. There's gonna be some teams that are gonna get good really, really fast uh, because of the, the work of the coaches, the assistant coaches, and the desire of these players to want to prove that they can play somewhere. Otherwise, they they've been sitting on the bench. So I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. All right, Big Bill Cartwright uh, joins us. All right, December fourth, my friend. You got that circle on the calendar? We got a we got a Saturday night UNLV. At War Memorial at USF, you got to be looking forward to that. We've been talking about this for years about these two schools playing each other, and like you said, yeah, it's finally happening, and, and it's on your home turf up on the hill. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, and I shouldn't say this. I'm going to knock on wood. A lot of wood. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. I, I feel great about my team right now. So, uh, this, I think, I, I think you're knocking be, on some uh, formica. That's what I think. You got formica, not wood over there. That's wood, baby. That's nothing but wood right there. <laughs> As you know, uh, um, uh, I, I don't uh, mess with karma. So um, I, I feel good about our team. I think that um, we're actually ready to make a step up. Uh, we were able to keep a lot of the guys that we have last year, including uh, uh, Bouye, who's our best player and uh, possible NBA player. Um, um so we we feel really good about ourselves and, and the fact that uh, we put ourselves in a great position. We got a lot of guys to play. Um, our coach, and we talked about this. He's a little now. He's more seasoned. Now we've got a couple of new assistant coaches who I, I really like. So uh, this this is is very very exciting. So. Um, and it's really all over the place with you because you got college basketball, you got NBA basketball, you've got your favorite team, the Golden State Warriors, off to a great start. That's that's record in, uh, in the league right now. So this this is a great time of the year for sports. Yeah, but see, I, I don't know. I mean, you guys played Long Island last night, and you waxed them ninety-eight to sixty-four. Uh, Prairie View, I mean, Davidson, not bad. Samford, Morgan State, Towson, and uh, then you got Academy of the Art you're going to play. Well, come on, who's doing the scheduling here? Are you in charge of the scheduling? I mean, so, somebody's got to get, yeah. somebody's got to be fired. I mean, look at UNLV. You want to know what UNLV schedule is compared to that r- gibberish that I just 
mumbled off there? I mean, what is that? I mean, UNLV, they got Cal, North Dakota State, okay, not not a bad team, okay, a tournament team in the past. Michigan, UCLA, SMU, eh, USF. Uh, then you got, uh, you know, San Diego, San Diego State. Then we get into to Mount West play. I mean, come on, man. Play a tougher schedule over there. It sounds like a lot of losses for you. <laughs> you know, um, you know, for me, and you know, our toughest match early is going to be Grand Canyon and uh, Arizona State on the back-to-back, and that's going to be on the road. So, look, my my belief is that you do take on a couple of really good teams, which we are with those two, but you're going to build your team, build your team to win. I don't know anybody that's building their team on a loss. Hey, oh, hey, we played a really great school at their place and we lost. What do you learn from that? Oh, I learned a lesson from, from that game. No, you didn't. You lost that game. So we're looking to build our team uh, to the conference. As you know, we have um, uh, three really tough teams. We've got the best team in the country with Gonzaga. We're going to have to play twice. We're going to play BYU, the same squad they had last year, along with St. Mary's, who's a top 25 team. So what is the problem over there? The problem is this, okay, as you know, you need to to prep for those three teams, and you need to play a little tougher competition, and you need to improve your RPI. And if you want an NCAA tournament berth, Again, if you play, you know, I understand playing the cupcakes. Play, you know, schedule four or five cupcakes. That's cool. But get a couple non-conference ones that you feel that you can be competitive with and have a chance to to win, and then that'll help your RPI come tournament time. Because how many times have we talked about this in the WCC? I mean, you know, you need to, if you don't win that conference tournament, you're not going to the NCAA tournament. I mean, you're basically a one- or two-team bid league. If you're USF, you go ahead and, and and play a couple of the big boys, man, and you might get lucky and knock a few of them off. We'll get two. We'll get two teams in the NCAA. We're, we're going to be one of them. I'm saying that losing games, losing games for no reason, there's no justification for that. So, you know, I mean... What what would satisfy you if we played what? Is it is it two? Is it three? Is it four? Who, what are we going to do to to satisfy you? I'm just I'm just curious. Yeah, I think that number is probably around three to four. Yeah, I'd say three. You know, and I'm not saying you got to play the Dukes in the you know of the world. I'm not saying that. But again, you got to play you know somebody that can give you some good style points and 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 beat somebody that can potentially be in the tournament you know how the, it's the game you got to play the game when you're not in a non power 5 conference you got to play that game and uh, go go cash some big checks too go cash a check and go play go play uh you know Ohio State or somebody like that you might knock them off i mean heck Akron almost knocked them off last night heck ohio state had to have a buzzer beater to beat them come on well, and you, if you're good enough you, go play them you you should consider this as well, uh, because we have we want to play those teams. Those teams don't want to play us. No, but believe they me. don't want to get beat by us. <laughs> hey, let me so ask you this here. That, that, that's a problem as well. All right, so if UNLV fans want to come to War Memorial, all right, on on December the fourth. There you go. Uh, get your tickets now. They're available. Uh, do you advise them to get tickets in the Cartwright section? Because a lot of people probably don't know that there there is a Cartwright section. Right there, right? There it is. Great section. <laughs> Beautiful section. Uh, yes, I would uh, I would definitely do that. Uh, that section is uh, it's, uh, right right behind our bench. Uh, perfect seats. So, 
uh, really at um, at our building, there is really no bad seats, and uh, we just added to it. We just added a whole new section. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, and what you should appreciate is that we've got great food, and uh, we serve alcohol. Oh wow! Not too much. But we do serve. It. <laughs> what? There it is. I, I'm, I'm making the trip. I think I got to make the trip December the fourth. I got. I, 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 I got to get there. Exactly. Exactly. So those people that sit in the Cartwright section are they going to get like a Cartwright bobblehead or a number twenty four, you know, towel or jersey or anything? I mean, you, you got to get some memorabilia there. People sitting in the Cartwright section. Well, uh, the bobbleheads were two years ago. Uh, I, I have uh, a couple for you if you want one, but uh, those those are really hard to get. Well, you promised me two years ago. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I mean, you know, just just like you know, picking up the ch- the check, you know, for dinner. Hardly ever see that from you either, you know. Hey, hey I, I I don't have all the connections like you. You got to come to Chicago. You know, I take care uh, of you. This there. is true. This is true. I, I'm I'm counting you taking care of me in San Francisco. So that's what I'm thinking now too. That this is I'm going to parlay this into a weekend here now, and we got a Saturday night game against UNLV seven o'clock. There's going to be a fine meal in there somewhere. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll check out the, uh, the food fair there over at war Memorial for a little snack. I get that. So yeah, you can take care of that. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. No doubt. You, you should come on. I know you're going to like it because they do have a Don's dog. Uh, it's a bit expensive, but the Don's dog is like six bucks, but it is big. Okay. And uh, you're definitely going to enjoy it. Well, you know how I roll with that. It has to be all beef, and you better give me the brand name because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hot dog brand snob, as you know. There it is. Hey. Yeah, I, I can help you. But the bad thing is it's ketchup mustard, and we've got a bunch of other stuff to put on it, so I'm not sure you're going to like it. And what I like, if you if you go into the San Francisco tradition, you'll have the Goulden's mustard, too. You get the spicy brown mustard like they had at Candlestick Park for all those years, my friend. You know all about that, right? We got it. There you go. We got, That's we got all that. We got, we got everything you want. This is the West Coast. We don't mess around. We're not, we're not living in our thoughts. There it is. <laughs> all right. The big seven-footer. Man, yeah, I wish we could do the show there uh, on the Friday night. But we, we have Cosmopolitan, you know, uh, allocations there. There you go. So Nubchuck says, cut them off. We got to go do a, do a show at USF on campus on Friday. There we go. No, yeah, we're not cutting go. anybody off. There you go. But we got to please everybody. There it is. All right, seven footer. You were at the game the other night. Steph Curry dropped fifty on the Atlanta Hawks. Fantastic, my guy. And uh, hopefully, you're finally now joining the Steph Curry TC Martin bandwagon here, and just stand up and applauding greatness here because boy, you have been slow to the party uh, for years with this. Well, I'm, I'm a basketball fan. I don't. I'm not like others. I'm not saying you know, take sides and we have to go on this side or that side. I just want to watch good basketball. The Warriors, you give them credit. They, they've been playing great basketball to start the season. They're moving the ball past it better than anybody. Um, once again, I'm going to tell you, they, they're not a defensive team. I think they, they hung uh, 118 points on Atlanta, who's, who's not very good right now, and surprisingly. Um, they're not playing very well, but um, but the Warriors are. The Warriors have got off to a good start. I think it's going to be interesting if Thompson does make his way back, how he's going to fit in because they have such great ball movement right now. Um, I think it's going to be just really, really interesting. So, um, 
And there's some other teams that, you know, I like right now. Miami's playing well. The Bulls made a resurrection. Uh, I'm not sure what is going on in Washington or Cleveland. But, wow, they got off to a really nice start. Uh, really surprising. So, you know, teams like the Jazz, I think. Phoenix, we're expecting them to do well. We're a little surprised by um, Memphis. Their start, we're we're very surprised about Dallas. Uh, I'm not a big fan of one man basketball, so uh, we'll continue to watch that. So, and I think, of course, and we know you do, the Lakers, Clippers. We know you have high expectations. So if they lose any game, you're you're very upset. <laughs> um, well, listen, I want I, I want to talk to you about the Warriors because they are nine and one, and basically. This is the same team. Clay Thompson is not back. It's Steph Curry, it's Draymond Green. I loved the move getting Andre Iguodala back, even though he's playing limited minutes. But I never thought that he should have, you know, left before. I was very vocal about that. But really, Bill, this is pretty much the same team from last year that struggled, you know, at, at five hundred to get in the playoffs. They're, they've won nine of the first ten. You've seen them with your own eyes, up close and personal. What is different about this Warriors team? I think they're just playing at a high level. It's got off to a good start. Uh, they're scoring easy. They're scoring well. Um, as you know, this style of basketball is very um, contagious. <laughs> no, it's just interesting because it's it's uh, what's what's physical play now. There was an altercation on the floor where uh, there was a loose ball. Guys dove on the floor. And the referees had to go to the monitor to make sure the, the play wasn't too physical. I mean, this this basketball now is is for us old guys. And I was on Rick, with Rick Horn a couple of days ago. We we're talking about the same thing. It's really hard to watch because you can't have a, a hard collision with anybody anymore. You can't accidentally elbow anybody. You can't accidentally have a collision with somebody. Um, if it was a hard drive at the basket and somebody falls down, it's going to be a flagrant. And I, I don't know. I, I think that um, any any physical contact is deemed bad, and it's and it's just really hard to watch. It's it's such finesse. Uh, I've never seen so many layups at the basket. I've never seen guys drive to the basket full court. And guys are even, and guys let them go. It's it's stuff that was really sacrilege when when I played because it just wasn't allowed. Uh, you'd be taken out of the game. So just that style of basketball and the non-physical play and the easy, easy baskets and the really confusing idea of casting up all these 25-foot shots when you can barely touch anybody inside – uh, especially now with smaller lineups, there's nobody at home to block your shot. It's just really confusing style of play. So um, I'm just trying to watch it, try to enjoy it. I try to. Uh, like I can take it in bursts, but um, I, I, I just don't. I just think there's got to be a level of where you can have some contact without it being reviewed uh, for a flagrant one or two. So, um, Let me pose this question uh, to you. 
let, let, uh, how much of this do you think has nothing to do with the NBA itself? That this is a carryover from what has happened in all sports, specifically the NFL and even Major League Baseball. They have taken the contact out of those sports. And we'll go to baseball, for example. You know, when, you know, the, the, the catcher rule, that's, you know, the old Buster Posey rules, they like to say, you know, you can't have that type of contact. They took out the contact uh, on the base pads at second base anymore. And, you know, all of that is, is red flag material. The NFL, it's, it's prevalent every week, and everyone complains about it the way the treatment of the quarterback is. You know, you, you, you know, we can't drive a quarterback down. Basically, you cannot tackle a quarterback like you used to. So what you're talking about in basketball and the NBA is just was it was like the NFL was, you know, a decade or two or three ago all the time. Baseball was played that way for a, a hundred years. But I think it's all sports and it's a carryover. So when you're in the NBA, you're saying, hey, you know, the NFL is is trying to you know, cut down on this. Major League Baseball is cutting down all this. We're cutting down of all the physicality, period. I think that is probably the main reason why you're seeing this in the NBA. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's definitely a good point. It's, uh, now look, don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. It's just, it's, you're well, right. It's hard well, to watch and it's discouraging. Yeah, no one wants to see people, well, people do like to see, you know, fisticuffs. They'd love to see you and Isaiah throw down. They'd love to see Lambeer and Mahorn throw down. They would love to see that. But yeah, the physical nature of the game, it's gone by the waysides and more flagrant fouls and, and the reviews. I mean, the reviews really is what just takes it out of the game, too. I mean, it takes the air out altogether. <laughs> And, you know, and it's funny when, when you talk about that throw down. If you really look at those altercations, nobody's I know. watching. I, know. I mean, it's, it's like it's like a joke, and it's like uh, when people talk about guys going to blows. I said, you know, I played 16 years. I never went to blows with anybody. There was not one time, let alone my teammate or anybody else, but I go into blows. So when people talk about how aggressive it was that way, people were fighting. Nah, it's more of a wrestling match. Nobody wants to fight out there. Very few guys are going to throw a punch. So, um, but now they've gone completely the other way. If you push somebody, uh, you're out. You're ejected out of the game. And do you remember when uh, um, Kevin McHale closed line? Who did he close line? Uh, Lakers. Um, Kurt. Oh, Kurt Rambis. Right, right, correct. Yeah. 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 Closed line. Yeah. You know that wasn't even a foul? Right, right. It wasn't a foul. I know. You didn't get a foul on that play. Hey, when you got elbowed, when you got elbowed to the throat, was, there wasn't a foul called, was there? I had my larynx fractured, right. and uh, my vocal cord got paralyzed. There was no, uh, there's no foul. No foul. No one was shooting free throws, and then there, and there you were, just just holding your neck, going to the hospital. Sadness, terrible. Well, no, I, I take that back. There was a foul with with Rambus, but there was no technical. So if you can imagine, uh, if that happened now, they would have probably suspended the guy the rest of the year. Yeah, it was just a common foul too. It wasn't a flagrant foul. Yeah, there were no such thing as those back then. No, yeah. so uh, now I think that um, they've got to let those guys play a little bit, and uh, even even at USF, if there's an accidental, people somebody accidentally gets hit, 
somebody running in behind you and you accidentally hit them, you, you flail your arms and you hit somebody, uh, you can be tossed in an accident. And it's just, there's got to be some kind of common, common ground to where if something's an accident, it's not intentional, didn't mean it. Um, because this is, uh, I don't know, for, for, for a lot of games, if you watch a lot of WNBA games, WNBA could be more physical than the NBA. Yeah, you could make that argument. And then, you know, we talk about what just happened the other night. You know, so the NBA did suspend uh, Jokic uh, from Denver, suspended him one game for his cheap shot on Markeith Morris. And uh, fines were handed out as well, too. They hit Morris uh, and, and Butler with fines of, of 50K for. Uh, for Morris and 30k for Butler, and then Jokic got got suspended uh, one game. I mean, that's it, it, we're seeing more and more of this right now. I mean, more and more, like you said, you know, we're back in the day, it wasn't prevalent, not like it is now. And like you just have to be so careful. And you're right, they're basically glorified shoving matches. Yeah, pretty much. And it's uh, I, I just hope it doesn't get worse. Um, because, you know, you'd like to see guys to be out there, to be aggressive, to, to want to make plays. Uh, in basketball, you're, you're, you're going to get run into it's just a game. Um, in a lot of situations, it's not intentional. Uh, is that a foul? Could be, but I know it's not a flavor foul. It's just, uh, that's just a play. And I think that, um, what's incredible now, is that guy's played to that. So if a guy gets hit, he'll go to the floor and hold his head like he's been killed. Right. And it's, 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 it's really, it's just, come on, get up, right. get up. They, they, they got to clean that up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to be able to play. You got to be able to stand out there and take, take some bumps, take some hits. Uh, that's just playing basketball. Yeah, and what, and, that, and what Jokic did, I mean, he's dribbling the ball up the court. He thought that he got fouled. He passes the ball, and then he just, he, you know, he gives a, a forearm shiver to the guy in the back. Again, nothing lethal. Like you said, no punches being thrown. No one's even thinking about that stuff. And, again, that's just, you know, a little physicality there. And, again, that's that's gone by the wayside. And, again, you know, football is at an all-time you know, worse for this thing right now with protecting the quarterback. And again, I understand you want to clean stuff out of the game. And that's why we were talking about yesterday about the taunting and that sort of thing. For me, that I, I'm with you. Get rid of the taunting. Get rid of that. You want to clean up that nonsense. That's garbage. But the physicalness of this, these are physical contact sports, no matter what we're talking about. Baseball, football, basketball, soccer, hockey, they're all physical. you got to let these guys be a little bit physical. And you know, you clean up the dirty stuff. Clean up the taunting, the trash talking. I'm for all that. But this is what we're talking about here. It's all part of the game. Absolutely. You got Absolutely. All right, all right you man. We got to get rolling here, brother. So uh, we're going to send you out with one of your favorite songs here. Tell me, if you, tell me, if you recognize this one. Bring back some memories for you. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Pump it up. When we had our song fest, we had Kevin Kruger give out his go-to song was "Stand By Me." All right, we told him to play that for his team in the locker room tonight, and the big seven-footer came with this song right here. You remember this? There it is, the old night train. See, Nubchuck's got a great memory. Great memory. All right, brother. 
Be good, man. We'll, we'll be watching these UF set, these uh, USF scores, and uh, we'll be talking to you, man. And uh, December fourth, Rebel fans, travel down to San Francisco, see the big seven footer. You gotta like that. Good seats still available inside the Cartwright section. The old night train. Nice dog. Come on. I got one for you. All right. Back- <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is Sinbad. You checking my boy T.C. Martin talking about what happened. Yeah, my guy Sinbad wishing him the best uh, as he recovers. Still from uh, his stroke that he suffered last year. Doing better. He's doing better. Hopefully he's better enough to come back on the show with us uh, real soon. Don't forget, come and see us at the Cosmopolitan each and every Friday. You know how it goes. 2 to 4 p.m. Our best bet segment, give you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays each and every week with our throng of experts from Matty Ice, Matt Holt, Scott Spritzer. He'll join us tomorrow. Matty, I believe, is going to join us on Friday down at the Cosmopolitan, of course. You got our entire crew always there, Brian Benowitz as well. Gilby the intern. Is he doing a little bit better? I don't know. Gilby, the intern's around town today. You know, Gilby, you know where he's at right now? He's downtown. He's got he's got friends from Antigo, Wisconsin. Yeah, they're experiencing downtown Las Vegas. There it is, the tour guide. Yeah, we all have to do the tour guide stuff. When we have friends and family coming down, don't we? Oh, jeez. All right, there you go. Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, Friday. Get the William Hill mobile app if you don't have it already. Open a brand new account. It's great because they'll give you bonuses for the more you play. But... If you haven't opened an account, you can get the promo with TC here, the uh, promo code TC50. When you deposit at least $50 in a brand-new account, they will match it with an additional $50. So use the promo code TC50. Go to the Cosmopolitan or any of the William Hill Sportsbook properties. So easy to use. Bet from where you watch the games. Basketball. Basketball season's here now. Get involved. Don't delay. All right. As I say, don't hesitate. Participate. Nunchuck, see? Oh, I like it. See, you used to be such a rocker. Now you're coming to my school. There you go. The old school. But as you can see, see how versatile I am? Went with some Jimi Hendrix today, some Led Zeppelin, we uh, Leonard Skinner. We got it all. Yeah. And me. And me. I did. It was me. I was the one that requested. There you go. All right. More NFL news to talk about. Aaron Rodgers. Alan Lazar fined. What was the amount that they were fined? $14,650. That's what Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazar were fined. Uh, peasants, right? Nothing. The Green Bay Packers, on the other hand, were fined $300,000. That's right. Due to COVID protocols that their players did not follow. Rodgers and Lazar were going to a Halloween party, they were unvaccinated. Unvaccinated players, as you know, cannot attend group events, and they did. Therefore, they got fined. And then the Packers got fined also for everything that's been happening with Rodgers and his statements and everything because more and more information has come out, and the NFL went back and reviewed camera footage of uh, the locker room area and that sort of thing of you know meeting rooms where Rodgers was not masked up. So therefore... The Packers knew that Rodgers was not vaccinated, and they feel that uh, they should have done something about it, and they did not. So the Packers fined $300,000. 
Packers knew about this, knew about the violations, didn't do anything about it. Therefore, they got to pay the fine. All right, so goes back and begs the question here. People do realize, or do they realize, that there are other players, I don't want to say many players, but there's a good amount of players, I don't know what that number is, of players that are not vaccinated. And I feel everybody should be vaccinated. I understand everyone has a choice, that sort of thing. However, this is the workplace. Uh, you're, you're, you're exchanging blood, sweat, and tears with, with everybody. You want to protect yourself. You want to protect your family. And the smart thing is to get vaccinated and protect yourself, all right, and protect your teammates as well, too. And therefore, you don't have this drama going on. And there's plenty of drama in the Packer locker room and other locker rooms as well, too. But there are others that are not vaccinated that it had to basically take the brunt of things early on. But we really haven't heard much about Kirk Cousins lately, have we? Aside from his bad play on the field the last couple of weeks. Carson Wentz isn't vaccinated as well, too. Carson Wentz, by the way, getting ready to have a baby. And you know when the babies do? Sunday. And Carson Wentz came out and said, Honey, I love you, but you're having this kid on your own. I'm playing football. Colts in a must-win situation. Yeah. So Carson Wentz saying, My wife understands, but my team needs me. I'm playing football. So anyway, back to the vaccination situation here. So Cousins is not vaccinated. Wentz isn't vaccinated. Rogers isn't vaccinated. And these guys handled it just a little bit differently. They came out way back when during training camp and said they weren't and pretty much end of story. But Rogers concealed the information, tried to hide it, probably because he saw the backlash, the public backlash that Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz got, specifically Cousins. But Rogers... Didn't want to say anything about it. Didn't want to bring it to anyone's attention. And then hinted around by thinking, you know, trying to say that he was by using the term, well, I've been immunized. Of course, no one followed up on that. And so, therefore, he's had to explain himself the last couple weeks. He gets COVID. He has to sit out last week. And now he may have to sit out another game this week. If he continues to test negative for the rest of this week, he'll be able to play on Sunday. So, if he's good up until Saturday... He can play, but he did not practice today. Therefore, Jordan Love got a majority of the snaps again. And just more questions that young coach Matt LaFleur has to answer and everyone else in that locker room has to answer. So the Packers fall to the Chiefs last week. Almost won that game, believe it or not, without Rodgers. And that's a missed opportunity for the Packers because if Rodgers was able to play, more likely they probably would have won. If you remember what the opening line was in that game, it was basically a pick Chiefs favored by by one, ended up going to Chiefs seven and a half, did not cover in this game as they won 13 to seven. Chiefs couldn't score in the second half. Joke. All right, other NFL news to talk about. Minnesota running back Delvin Cook, he has been accused of domestic abuse, uh, assaulting his girlfriend. Uh, He addressed that today as he had some time on the podium. Uh, after the Vikings uh, practice today, he held a press conference, and uh, his response may shock some people, as he is being accused of domestic violence with his girlfriend. He addressed that today by saying that he was actually the victim. Here's Dalvin Cook. I know it's a lot of questions about the reports and the things that came out yesterday. I just want everybody to know, you know, I'm the I'm the victim in the situation. 
and you know the truth and the details about the situation will come out at a further time and any further questions y'all can ask my agent my attorney and you know that'll be all you know I me mean? i'm a pretty private person you know just in my business you know i don't know social web is not ideal for me i'm gonna try to you know walk that straight line but bumps and bruises come through you know life and that's how you handle it and i've been through a lot of tough things in my life and you know i got my head up high knowing that the truth will come out and you know i hate being a discretion to the team but i know those guys you know got my back a thousand percent and you know just gonna take this thing day by day and you know i know my team's here for me and i'm here for them day by day all right, Dalvin Cook, and you see how uncomfortable uh, he was talking about this. He's another guy that's kind of uncomfortable uh, doing media sessions, doesn't do a whole bunch of media. But Cook says that he was assaulted, actually, by his girlfriend. Her name is Gracelyn Trimble. She is actually a sergeant in the U.S. Army. And now she's accusing Cook of assault, battery, and false imprisonment. And Cook says that he was actually assaulted by her after she broke into his home and tried to extort him of millions of dollars. Uh, like he said, he said he hates being a distraction. He's got his head up, knowing that the truth will come out. And uh, it, it's, it's a sad, unfortunate situation. This is sounds like a typical case of he said, she said. Because you have both, both police reports here are totally opposite of the other. You've got one that's saying that that Dalvin Cook is the accuser here, and he beat her up pretty bad. And then Dalvin Cook has come back and said, no, that actually she assaulted him. So this is crazy because usually there's somewhere in between. There's going to be some commonalities. But talking to people in Minnesota, they're saying these two reports and these two accusations are total opposite ends of the spectrum here. So you don't know, you know, what is real. Um, yes, Dalvin Cook is a big, strong professional football player. Uh, his girlfriend, a sergeant in the Army. I mean, she's very physical herself, even though she's not nearly as big as him. But, you know, domestic abuse does happen with females towards males. And we have heard this before. We've heard athletes claim this before. And, and we've seen this. So we don't know what to make of this. Uh, just bring it to everyone's attention that, again, it's another NFL football player that is going through something right now. Uh, the, the photos, if you've seen any photos of Graceland Trimble, I mean, her face is really severely beaten up. I mean, bloody nose. She's got bruises all over her face. Uh, don't know if there's any, any broken bones there. But, I mean, it cuts... Uh, on her forehead, above her nose. I don't know who did this to her, but something happened to her. And if she's accusing you know, Dalvin Cook, I mean, you've got to, you've got to take this seriously. Now, Dalvin Cook is saying that she was the aggressor. He's not saying, I don't think he's saying that he did not you know, retaliate and hit her. But bottom line is, I mean, her face is, is severely messed up here. And we didn't see any bruises or anything on Dalvin Cook at all as he spoke today. So this is a case that the NFL is going to take a look at. They're going to dive into this. 
he could possibly have a suspension coming his way. But again, you know, more stuff coming coming out here with uh, disturbing stories in the world of sports, specifically here in the NFL. Of course, we've talked a lot about what's happened here in Las Vegas over the last eight, nine days with Henry Ruggs and then Damon Arnett being released you know, by the Raiders uh, two days ago for wielding a gun uh, in a video threatening to, to kill someone. Raiders released him. Raiders released Henry Ruggs. Uh, man, just uh, you know, terrible stories that continue to surface uh, out there. All right, uh, don't forget UNLV in action tonight on the hardwood at the Thomas and Mack Center. Looking forward to that. UNLV taking on Gardner-Webb. UNLV, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in this game. Uh, a lot of people who don't know Gardner-Webb, pretty decent basketball team. It would be great to see UNLV get off to a 1-0 start. Kevin, Kevin Kruger, it is his debut uh, coming out uh, tonight. Again, you've got Bryce Hamilton and you got Marvin Coleman, returners. Everyone else, brand new. So it's going to be a new-looking uh, UNLV runner-rebel team. We'll see uh, uh, how Kevin Kruger uh, handles this uh, tonight and see if they can come out uh, with a W. Then the schedule will start to get a little bit tougher as well. And uh, Cal will come to town on Saturday. So UNLV in action tonight as well as Saturday. Remember, you must be vaccinated. So uh, go ahead and uh, go to contact the UNLV basketball website. And they will uh, tell you exactly how to uh, prepare yourself for coming in the Thomas and Mack Center for not only tonight, but all games this season. All right, so look forward to the Running Rebels tonight. They tip it off at 7 o'clock. All right, tomorrow, Trevor Maddich, he will join us. We talk more college football, the NFL as well, too. Scott Spritzer will be joining us. We start handicapping week number 10 of the NFL and also meaningful college football games as we're getting down to it. We've only got about four weeks left here of college football and, uh, of course, with the college football playoff rankings, each and every victory now uh, means everything to these teams in the top ten. All right, so you got that and a whole lot more coming your way tomorrow. All right, T.C. Martin saying so long for Numchuck. Go to the website. Check it all out, tcmartinshow.com. Check out our interview with Kevin Krugers. Get ready for the UNLV season opener tonight, as well as everything else up there as well to our recap is still up there on Canelo Alvarez's domination historic performance Saturday night at the MGM Grand as he rolled over Caleb Plant, knocking him out in the 11th round. All right, be good. We will talk to you. Have yourself a great evening. If you're going to the game tonight, be safe and enjoy UNLV basketball. Golden Knights back in action at home tomorrow night as well, too. So we'll get ready and we'll talk about that manana as well. 